bringing to life the souls of the past that until now have been lost to history. Talking Heart Island is a half-hour weekly podcast that explores the history of Heart Island, America's largest mass graveyard. Heart Island has been used as New York City's Potter's Field since 1869. It is estimated there are over one million people buried there. Because of recent advances in DNA and fingerprint technology, the identities of some of these previously forgotten and anonymous people have been revealed. The results are truly shocking. Talking Heart Island will interview a special guest each week, selected from an extraordinary assembly of scholars, authors, and scientists in the fields of history, law, medicine, and the arts, as we unravel a secret kept hidden for 150 years. So welcome to Talking Heart Island. And now, here's our host, investigative history writer Michael T. Keene. Thank you very much, Norma Jean, and this is Michael Keene, and we are Talking Heart Island. One quick thing before we begin, we've been asked, how can you pick up a signed copy of our book, New York City's Heart Island, A Cemetery of Strangers, and our audiobook, narrated by Norma Jean? And you may do so by simply logging on to our website, michaeltkeen.com. The Tenement Museum is a national historic site. The museum's two historical tenement buildings were home to an estimated 15,000 people from over 20 nations between 1863 and 2011. The museum's exhibits and programs include restored apartments and shops open daily for public tours, depicting the lives of immigrants who lived at 97 Orchard Street between 1869 and 1935 and 103 Orchard Street from the 1950s to the 1980s. And who better to tell us about this national treasure but is Kevin Jennings, the president of the Tenement Museum. Kevin has published seven books, produced three films, and holds degrees from Harvard, Columbia, and NYU. And Kevin, welcome to Talking Heart Island. How are you today? I'm delighted to be with you, and thank you for inviting me to be on your podcast. Oh, we're, we're, we're thrilled to have you. Um, you know, I think the place to begin here is your bio. Seven books, three films. You need to tell us more about that. What, what were they about? Well, most of my work, um, I really uh, was trained as a historian, but most of my work has actually been in the field of lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender history. Um, I came to the Tenement Museum about two years ago, primarily because I'm very troubled about the dialogue around immigration in our country. I think the way that immigrants are being demeaned and dehumanized is profoundly disturbing. 
And I believe that education is the answer, that if people understood the contributions that immigrants have made to this nation, if they understood immigrants as human beings, if they understood the fact that America would not be America without the many things that immigrants have done to help build this nation, that we wouldn't be in the horrible xenophobic nativist response we are right now. And the Tenement Museum really does a wonderful job of helping people understand immigrants and immigration as human beings and understanding the many wonderful things that immigrants have done for our nation. So I was very delighted when I was offered the chance to come here and help educate people about the contributions of immigrants and immigration to our great nation. So educate us. Tell us about your organization, your vision, your programs. I know you have lectures, films, walking tours. Uh, food, which is one of my favorites. Tell us about your organization. Sure. Well, the Tenement Museum is 31 years old. We were begun in 1988 by two incredibly brilliant women, Ruth Abram and Anita Jacobson. Ruth and Anita wanted to create a museum that would commemorate the experience of immigrants coming to America's foyer, as we call it, which is the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Tremendous numbers of American immigrants passed through the Lower East Side, over the course of a century and a half, and Ruth and Anita wanted to find what was called an old law tenement, which was a tenement house which had not been restored to modern times. And they had pretty much given up on their dream until one day they went into a building at 97 Orchard Street, and that building had an office for rent, and they thought they would perhaps rent the office that was available in that building. At the end of previewing the office, Anita asked if she could use the restroom, and she went upstairs, and she noticed that the building seemed to be empty. And she came downstairs and said, what's the story with this building? And they said, oh, it's an old tenement that was abandoned 50 years ago. No one's lived here for five decades. And Anita and Ruth looked at each other and realized, oh, my God, they had found the needle in the haystack. They had found an abandoned old law tenement. So they moved quickly and they gained possession of 97 Orchard Street. 97 Orchard Street, which is the crown jewel of the Tenement Museum complex, is an old law tenement that was built in 1863 at a time when the Lower East Side was called Klein Deutschland or Little Germany. It was largely a German immigrant neighborhood with a smattering of Irish folks thrown in. It consists of 21 identical, 325-square-foot, three-room apartments, a bedroom, a parlor, and a kitchen. And the largest family we've ever documented living in one of these 325-square-foot apartments was 12 people. And when you come to the Tenement Museum, what happens is you're taken on a tour of an apartment that's been recreated to look like what it looked like at the exact moment a specific family lived in that actual apartment. We begin with the Moore family, who were Irish immigrants who came in the 1860s, and we proceed through um, families that were Irish, German, Jewish, and Italian until the building was closed in the 1930s. Now, a few years ago, we were able to gain possession of a second tenement house at 103 Orchard Street, which is at the corner of Delancey Street, that had been occupied until 2011. And thanks to that building, we now are able to interpret post-war immigration as well. In that building, we've recreated the apartments of a family that came after World War II after surviving the Holocaust. 
then a Puerto Rican migrant family and a Chinese immigrant family. So basically, you learn about a century of immigration to America, beginning with the Irish and the Germans who came in the 1860s and ending with the Chinese family that came in the 1960s when you come to the Tenement Museum. Where is... Or, uh, 97 and 103 Orchard Street located in reference to uh, Manhattan? Well, the Lower East Side is down by the Williamsburg Bridge area and has really been the traditional stopping point when people first got off the boat at Ellis Island. What tended to happen was that people would move to the Lower East Side where there was an incredible concentration of low-cost housing, the so-called tenements, which is really just a word for apartment housing, that were constructed in the 1800s to house working-class immigrants who were coming to America by the millions in that time period. At the turn of the 20th century in 1900, the Lower East Side was the most densely populated neighborhood in the world more than London, more than Bombay or Mumbai, as we call it today, more than Beijing, more than any other city in the world. The Lower East Side of New York City was the most densely populated neighborhood in the world. It was more densely populated in 1900 than it is in today, 2019. And it was home to wave after wave of different immigrants coming, literally getting off the boat at Ellis Island, walking really just a few dozen blocks of the Lower East Side and starting to create new lives for themselves in this new country called America. Your organization, the uh, Tenement Museum, I know you offer many different programs, lectures, films, walking tours. Can you take us on a little tour of, of your programs? Sure. Well, basically, we offer three types of tours. First are apartment tours. And as I mentioned earlier, these are tours where you go into the recreated homes of actual immigrant families who lived at 97 and 103 Orchard Street. And you learn in depth the story of these families and what they experienced when they came to America. A second type of tour we offer is called costumed interpretation. These are tours in which we have actors who portray residents of the building. We have researched the lives of specific residents who lived in the building at specific times, and you can interact with these residents and ask them questions and come to understand their perspective and their experience of living in America. I find these tours are especially effective when you're dealing with younger children. The third type of tour we offer are walking tours of the neighborhood where you get to learn about the Lower East Side really as this immigrant neighborhood that was the cradle of so much of America. Thrown in with those are popular food tours. We call them Tastings of the Tenement, which is the one we do here in the building, or Foods of the Lower East Side, which is one where you literally do a walking food tour of the neighborhood sampling the various cuisines, beginning with the German cuisines that dominated the neighborhood in the mid-1800s, and ending with the Chinese and Latino cuisines that dominated the neighborhood in the late 20th century. So um, I will tell you, that's the best bargain in New York City. For $45, you get a tour and you basically get dinner. Uh, you can't beat that anywhere <laughs> in the Sounds great. Sounds great. So you can experience the museum in a variety of ways, whether touring an apartment and learning about families that lived in the apartment, interacting with costume interpreters, or learning about the neighborhood as a whole. 
Now, for folks who want to take advantage of what you're offering, should they call ahead, make reservations, just pop in? What's the best way? Please, 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 if you can, book ahead of time on our website, which is tenement.org. Particularly in the warmer weather months, basically from April till the holidays and December, we tend to fill up most days. January, February, March, you can pretty much walk in and get the tour of your choice. But if you try walking in between April and December, odds are you might find the tour you want already booked. The problem with the museum is this. As I mentioned before, the apartments are very small because they're former tenement apartments. The apartments tend to be on average 325 square feet. So the largest group we can take through an apartment is only 15 people. So the tours are very small and very intimate. So they fill up very quickly. So I really urge anybody who is really eager to visit the museum to go online ahead of time to tenement.org and book their tours ahead of time. Not that we don't want you just to walk in. If you happen to be in the neighborhood, please drop by. But you might find that the particular tour you have your heart set on is already booked. I will tell you, and I'm I'm happy to challenge any museum president in the city around this. I think we have the best gift shop in the city. We specialize in books and items about immigration and New York City history. And I know plenty of people who come to our gift shop at the holidays just to do their holiday shopping and they don't even bother with a tour. So if you don't, if you're in the neighborhood and you don't want to take a tour, but you just want to do a little shopping, stop by the gift shop at the corner of Orchard and Delancey. You'll probably find something to take home anyway. Sounds great. Let's do this. Let's take a tour, if you will, but let's go back to 1863. And as you mentioned, the Irish, the Italians, the Jewish, the Germans, all these major immigrant groups went through Ellis Island, ended up a Lower East Side. Describe for us what life would have been like, how people, you know, you describe the size of the apartments, what would have been an, um, an average family size? I would have Imagine they were poor as well. How did they live? How, where did they work? Even things like your building is how many stories high? Is it three stories, four stories? Our building is five stories high, yeah. which was pretty standard size for a tenement house at that time. And um, there would have been four apartments on each floor, and there would have been commercial space on the ground floor of the building with an apartment behind it. The ground floor of our building in 1863 featured a saloon which was very popular among the German community at that time. Because the apartments were so small, people tended to spend a lot of their time hanging out in saloons, which were not like we think of bars today. Saloons were places where you brought the whole family. You brought the adults and the children. The children would drink what was called near beer, which we would consider to be non-alcoholic beer today. And there was food and there were games to play and there were music. And it was really very much a family atmosphere because the apartments were so small. You didn't want to spend much time in your apartment. Your living room was likely to be the saloon on the ground floor. And upstairs would be really just where you slept and ate. It would not be where you hung out most of the day. Most of the people who worked in our building, the traditional industry of the Lower East Side has been the garment industry. At the beginning, people tended to work in their homes doing what's called finishing. They would take pieces that had been made somewhere else and finish them. They would sew the arms onto the dresses or sew the skirt to the bodice and then finish the dress and the dress would then be taken and sold. 
Around the turn of the 20th century came the advent of large textile factories, and the work moved from outside of the home into the factories, and people started working in factories in large numbers. But the textile industry really dominated the working profession of the Lower East Side for 100 years. From the late 1800s to the late 1900s, that was the dominant profession that people worked in in this neighborhood. So when you came to 97 Orchard Street, it would have been in the 1860s very, very, very different than today and in some ways hard. I think part of why people are amazed by our museum is it's really hard for them to imagine that life in New York was once like this. There was no indoor plumbing. There were four outhouses in the back of the building and one water pump. So when you needed water, you went to the one water pump and you pumped it and got your bucket of water and you brought it up to your apartment. Sometimes five floors, you had to carry it. During the evening, you probably used a chamber pot, which you took down the flights of five flights of stairs when light came and you dumped it in the privy in the back of the building. Those four outhouses were shared by the approximately one to 200 people who lived in the building. Keep in mind, there's 21 apartments and the families range in size anywhere from four to 12 people. So do the math. You've got anywhere between 100 to 200 people living in the building at any one time. The building also has no interior lighting. People are using um, kerosene lanterns to light their homes. No ventilation, really to speak of, beyond the windows. So it was very, very warm in the summertime. And in fact, the building is still not climatized to this day. So if you come in July or August, you're going to get an authentic tenement experience here on <laughs> Orchard Street. In the wintertime, there was a coal stove in the kitchen, and that would have been the only source of warmth. We know that often families had their children in particular sleep in the kitchens during the cold winter months because that was the warmest part of the house. The bedroom was usually where the parents slept. The children slept in the parlor and the kitchen. And it was a very, very, very different life than we think of. Most people, when they think of New York, don't think of something as like an outhouse existing. But it was not that long ago that people in New York City were using outhouses behind the tenement house to go to the bathroom. In fact, it wasn't until 1905 that our tenement building at 97 Orchard Street got indoor lighting or indoor plumbing. And in 1905, when it got indoor plumbing, it got indoor bathrooms, but it never got showers, or let me be more clear, actually, indoor toilets, because it never got indoor baths or indoor showers. Until the building closed in the 1930s, people had to use public baths or public showers to bathe. There were never facilities in the building for people to bathe or shower. So people lived with a level of inconvenience that would be hard for New Yorkers today to grasp. Sure. And also sanitation issues posed a real challenge, didn't they? I mean, diseases were rampant, especially in a, such a highly congested living situation. As you know, Hart Island, the largest mass graveyard in America, uh, many of its uh, eventual occupants uh, came from the Lower East Side because of these the diseases and in some part brought about by the sanitation issues. Um, the yes, we have a special tour at the museum, which is offered on Thursday evenings called life and death at the tenement in mm -hmm. which we actually look at three epidemics that swept the tenements. 
during the time periods uh, that we interpret. The first epidemic was tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. Tuberculosis was a huge problem in the tenement houses in the 1800s because people lived at very close quarters. Tuberculosis, as you know, is an airborne disease. It spread very easily and very quickly, and it was endemic in the tenement houses. A second pandemic that we interpret is the 1918 flu pandemic, which killed millions of people around the globe, including people who lived in our tenement at 97 Orchard Street. And then the third pandemic that we interpret is the HIV-AIDS pandemic of the 1980s, which killed a uh, gay couple who lived in our building at 103 Orchard Street in, in the early 1980s. So the reality is, is that there were real health challenges to living in these buildings where people were living at such close quarters without access to modern sanitation methods, without access to decent ventilation. It, was, it presented real health challenges. You know, I'm looking at the clock. I can't believe we're about one minute away from running out of time. And But before we say goodbye, can you tell us again how folks can get in touch with you if they want to make arrangements for a tour uh, and to see what you're all about? Sure. The easiest thing to do is to go to our website, which is www.tenement.org. You can book tours there. And there's also if there's an online chat function. So if you're having trouble figuring out which tour is right for you, you can ask somebody online. Or there's also a phone number, which you can just pick up and call. You know, it's still amazing. But you know, there are phones that still work in American society. And you can call people um, so that you can reach us either by phone at 877-975-3786. Let me repeat that, 877-975-3786 or online at tenement.org. That's fantastic. Well, Kevin, I can't thank you enough for being a guest on Talking Hard Island. We're just really thrilled with what you're doing. And, and, and so for $45, they get a tour and I can eat? And you can eat. Okay. And you can eat several different kinds of cuisine. So if you don't, Put me if you down. don't like the Germans so much, you'll probably like the Jewish or the well, Chinese. We like it all. We like it all. Thank you very much, Kevin. It was a pleasure talking with you. Hi, this is Norma Jean. I wanted to take a moment to remind you, in order to receive updates or news about upcoming episodes of Talking Heart Island, simply go to the subscribe page on our website located at www.michaeltkeen.com and enter your email address. If you have any questions about the podcast itself or simply wish to contact any team members for book inquiries, voiceovers, website or graphics design, use our contact page, also found at www.michaeltkeen.com. And if you're enjoying the show and would like to give us a review, please do so at iTunes. We would greatly appreciate it. So until next week, this is Norma Jean, and we're Talking Heart Island. 